ambitious listeners. Joining me on this week's episode is a U.S. Paralympic athlete, a TikTok star, and a two-time cancer survivor. He's an absolutely incredible human, and his story is one that will not only determine you, but inspire you to be better. He is an incredible human being with an incredible drive, motivation, and just passion for life. I hope you enjoy this conversation with the great Alex Para, and all of this will be after a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Liquid IV. Ambitious is presented by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is my go-to hydration and energy supplement. It is the top of the line for superior hydration. I personally drink Liquid IV every morning. It helps me get hydrated and energized to start my day, do my regular lifestyle, and do my athletic lifestyle. If I want to get a workout in, I drink Liquid IV beforehand. If I want to hit the books, I drink Liquid IV beforehand. It is a top-notch and good-for-you drink. It tastes delicious as well. My favorite flavor is the lemon ginger, but they have a Kai Berry. They have a limited time pear that they just came out with. They have passion fruit. They have so many varied flavors, so many different purposes. They have different supplements that can come that do different purposes, uh, more hydration focused, more energy focused, more workout focused. Whatever you need, Liquid IV can give it to you. It is a top notch product and it is ambitious approved and you should all go out and buy it right now check out liquid iv all over their social medias and at liquidiv.com to get you some liquid iv today get hydrated and get the best hydration you possibly can and do it with liquid iv now back to the show yo what is up welcome to ambitious my name is dylan price today's guest is arguably one of the most inspirational and motivational individuals I have ever spoken to and had on this podcast. He is a U.S. para swimmer with 37.5 thousand followers on TikTok and 1.2 million likes, and he holds one of the most inspirational stories I think you will ever hear. He's beat bone cancer. He's beat stage four lung cancer. He's an absolute superstar and incredible human being. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Alex Para. Alex, how are you doing today? Very wonderful. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. And I want to dive kind of right into everything because your story is so absolutely incredible. You were in your junior year of high school where most students are battling stress and anxiety over high school and what their futures look like. But you were going through a battle far more taxing than the average high schooler. Can you kind of illustrate for the listeners what the battle was that you went through for those that don't know? Yeah, so the, uh, right before junior year of high school started, I started experiencing a lot of knee pain. And at the time, being like 15 years old, I kind of didn't think much of it. So about two months going by, and like, you know, you do you do sports, like you do, you're active, like, you know, once you have pain, you kind of just ice it, elevate it, take some pain meds, and all of a sudden, like, you know, you're not thinking much. <laughs> so after about two months of doing that, my knee just really, I, I couldn't walk on it anymore. Like at that point, like something was wrong. So uh, I finally got an x-ray, finally got it checked up. And then that, that was like on Friday. Then on Monday, I got all these other scans. And then I found out I had bone cancer, which just, you know, really shocked me. <laughs> so what was your initial reaction to that diagnosis? I, I was I was scared because like, all you really associate the words cancer with is like, you know, especially at 15, it's like, you know, you just think of death and you think of all these other things that are going to happen. So I was just, I was so scared because I had no idea what my future was going to hold. It was like my first week of junior year and I had no clue what was going to be the next step was the biggest thing. 
So unfortunately, your cancer had progressed and you had to decide to amputate your leg. And I can't imagine the gravity of that decision, but how did you personally handle that decision? And what was your mindset like undergoing that process? Yeah, so once, about two months into chemo, my doctors told me that I had a choice with the amputation or knee replacement. And at the time, my parents, um, they kind of wanted me to make the choice for because it was my life. My dad, he's had me down. He's like, you know, this is, your, yes, you're 15, but you need to make this choice. And I don't want to hear 20 years from now that, you know, oh, I hate you, like, yada, yada. Like, you know, so my dad and my, my, my mom introduced me to people that had these different things. So I met people that had a knee replacement and I met people that had an amputation. And for me, I, I wanted to be active. I wanted to run, I wanted to bike, I wanted to swim, I wanted to not have any limitations in my life. So the biggest thing that I chose was um, amputation. And I met this girl whose also name is Alex. She does swimming, she does horseback riding, running, biking, all, all these things that I'm like, wow, this is something that I wanna do. And I made the choice to amputate my leg just because like, I didn't wanna have limitations in my life and I didn't wanna have anything stopping me. And for me, amputation just seemed like the perfect choice. So, I mean, talking to Alex and talking to some of those other um, individuals who had gone through that process, did it help ease your mind that, okay, this, I can live this life, I can be okay, and I can do everything I want to do, despite being an amputee and despite having that sort of a limitation? Totally, yeah. Like, for me, when I saw people that had an amputee, uh, a knee replacement, sorry, they, I saw, like, the limitations that they had in their life, like, the surgeries that they had to do or, like, some things that, like, would, I feel like some stuff would limit me. I'm like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I want to do an amputation just because it just seems like there wasn't anything limited in you only, only then yourself. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is something that I want to do. And this is something I want to be comfortable with. This is something that I'm going to pursue. And it was such a great choice that I made. <laughs> so you say a great choice. And as you've told your story, had you not amputated your leg, what do you mm -hmm. believe would have been the outcome? Yeah. So once, once they told me that, um, if I didn't choose amputation, they noticed that my cancer was spreading. So if I knew, if I if I chose a knee replacement, I, um, my cancer would have spread. And my, I don't know where I'd be today. But if I did choose it, and let's say that didn't that that choice or the um the cancer never spread, I think what would have happened is that like, I think there just would have been stuff limiting on my life. Like I feel like I wouldn't be able to swim as much as I wanted to. I wouldn't be able to lift as much as I wanted to, or just like do the things that I wanted to do. So I'm really glad that I chose what I chose, just because like I feel like there'd be stuff stopping me. So ultimately you beat cancer the first time and then what, how did you initially celebrate and how did you feel? Yeah. So I, I beat cancer for the first time in May of 2017. Like there's so much like celebration going on. Like I was finally done with chemo and I was finally um, out of the hospital. Like I was finally back to like my normal way of life was the biggest thing. And I kind of, we kind of just like really, <laughs> it was like this way off your shoulders. You know what I mean? Like you're in the hospital for a good seven months and you were in there for like a week and a half. So it was finally such like a blessing to be out of there. And, but um, once you beat it, like it was just so nice. Cause like I finally started walking again and I started swimming again. And I finally started getting back to like the routine of like the things that I wanted to do and just the things I was looking forward to during chemo, you know what I mean? So it was just like such like a weird way from going to the hospital every single week to finally not doing that, you know? <laughs> so during this battle and even during the next battle, you were still a high school student and you still did graduate. What was it like balancing this insurmountable battle while also trying to balance being a high school student and having academics and having to complete your credits to graduate? Yeah, so during, once I beat cancer the first time, I was then going to my senior year of high school and 
kind of so the way it works is that every three months I got scans and I got checkups. So the first checkup I was good in like the August, I believe. Then I got my second checkup in November of 2017, and that is when everything really changed. The second phone call I got and the second set of scans that I got, my doctor told me that I had four nodules on my lungs and that I had to get lung surgery. So this wasn't in my video, but I had it because like there's a lot I had to explain. Mm-hmm. But um, they told me that I might have lung cancer, so they were asking if I wanted to do surgery. And this is like my first semester of senior year of high school. Like I told my, my I was trying to balance you know, all, all the studies that I had and all the sports that I was already doing. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to risk having lung cancer, so let's do lung surgery. So I did lung surgery that first time, and they said they found three out of the four nodules on my lungs. And I asked my lung surgeon, like, well, what's the last one that was missing? Like, is there, could it be anything wrong? He's like, well, we're hoping not. Like, we're hoping it's not anything. And that was November of 2017. And then January comes along, like my last semester or like my last term of of senior year. And that's when I I really did like a lifestyle change. Like I was swimming seven hours a day. I was doing all my studies as much as I could and trying to balance the life and the work ethic of everything. And then got my first phone call and I was in my set of scans and I was good to go. And then um, once June hit, I I was swimming so much that I, I I, I I went to state and I was, you know, swimming against people with, that, that were the same as me. They were, they were um, para-athletes. And it was just so cool to see that there is a world like that out there. And then it was just like, I never thought that I'd even graduate high school. And there I was on the stage and there I was graduating and then we celebrated. And then I, get, I come back and I get my other phone call and then I get diagnosed with lung cancer. And that just really, that's when everything kind of stopped. You know, I, I never thought that I would hear those three words all over again. So as someone who prides themselves on positivity, and I want to talk a little more about that in a sec, but as someone who prides themselves so much on keeping that mindset so uplifting and kind of just approaching everything with a smile, was that call after everything you'd went through, after how much you've changed, was it deflating to your mindset? Yeah, for sure. Um, My biggest thing is that I've always tried to stay positive as much as I could. So once I heard those three words again, you know, then stage four that, that's like the last thing that i ever expected i never thought i'd hear that was the biggest thing so once i heard that it was i was put at such like a dark spot in my life because they told me that like, you have stage four lung cancer you're declared terminal you have a 10 percent chance you're gonna live and you have not only that but you have three months left to live i'm like oh my god like i just graduated high school yesterday and now i was so ready to start this new chapter in my life and i never thought that i was going to start it in the hospital so that really kind of just put me in a spot where I'm like, this, this is it. Like I'm done. Like, but like if it took so long for me to kind of like recollect myself, I'm like, okay, you know what? No, I'm going to make the best out of this. Like they may, they're, yeah, they're going to tell me I have three months left, but you know what? I'm going to approach this and I'm going to go through this as much as I can. I'm going to smile as much as I can. I'm going to look at the things I can't control and put away the things that I can't control and just smile through it all. <laughs> so smiling through it, was that, I mean, was that hard? I mean, obviously, you had so much on your plate, but you continued to smile and keep that power of positivity. What mm-hmm. what was that like still trying to smile and keep being positive despite, at times, the world kind of crumbling down around you? Yeah, it was, it was hard at the beginning, but then I began to realize that, for me, I wanted things to kind of be normal, and I wanted, I didn't want people to feel bad for me. I didn't want, I kind of just wanted things to be like nothing was wrong. So the one thing that I realized early on was that, okay, if I think positively, people around me are going to think positively, then it creates this environment where everyone's positive. 
But if I think negatively, everyone's kind of thinking, everyone's in a bad spot. Everyone's kind of like in the stark spot where I am. Like, you know what? I don't want to have that environment. I need to have an environment where people are encouraging me. They're kind of pushing me. So, you know, what? I'm going to think positive because now everyone around me is thinking positive. And this is like, this is something that I realized. I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. And it was hard at times because I'm like, okay, I, I would kind of like be there. I'm like, okay, you know what? This is really hard. <laughs> like, you know, I, I could be dying right now. I'm like, oh, I'm hoping not. And that was when it, hit, it would hit me. I'm like, okay, you know what? But then there, I'd, I'd come back. I'm like, you know what? No, we're going to be positive. We're going to push through it and we're going to be fine. <laughs> so you had a 10% chance at survival and three months to live. And so many times you hear people kind of theorize of what they do if they knew they had three months to live or how they'd handle it. But how did you handle it? I mean, obviously you'd be cancer once and you'd mention the power of positivity and smiling through it. But how did you mentally kind of handle knowing that the odds were stacked against you? Yeah, so I'm like, the one thing that once they told me, like, no, no, I'm not, I, I don't have three months left. I'm not gonna, I'm not dying. Like, no, I, I refused. I, I was in such like a denial, from, like, which I think was a good thing. Cause like, no, I'm not, I'm not dying. Like, this is not how, this is not how my chapter is ending. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be here the rest of the year, regardless of what you say. <laughs> so I, I pushed myself through it was the biggest thing. Like, I, I didn't want, I refused to die. That thing was the biggest thing. I didn't want that. I, that was like the last thing that anyone could have kind of wished. Like I, I, I could wish upon myself. Like you know, what? no, I'm not dying to cancer. This is not how I'm going out. So I kind of just looked about everything. Like, okay, what can I do in three months? Like, what? Hopefully, I'm just gonna pray to God and I'm just gonna push myself and I'm just gonna hopefully make it through it <laughs> because I, 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 just, I just didn't know what to do. Like, you know, everyone always talks about, like, you know, if I was 12, I was going to die tomorrow. Like, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to go to all these places. But for me, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to live my normal life. I'm just going to do the regular things. Like, I wanted to travel so bad. But I'm like, where am I going to go? I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to see or, like, what to expect. So I'm just going to see this as another normal three months. As I just graduated high school, I'm going to go to swim practice. I'm going to go to whatever. Like, I'm going to see what college is her plan. I'm just going to plan out my future and just look towards it and hopefully make it. <laughs> so was that hard to look towards your future and kind of still have that thought in the back of your head or were you able to kind of use the different vices like swimming and the power of positivity and all of those different mindset kind of things that you've developed to continue to push through? Yeah, it helps a lot. Kind of just for me, what was what helped me a lot during chemo and what helped me a lot during getting diagnosed the second time was always having something to look forward to. Because whenever I had, like during chemo, I would always look forward, like, man, I can't wait to swim again. I can't wait to be done with chemo. I can't wait to be done with my treatment. I can't I can't wait to get back to the normal life. And the way I looked at it is that whenever you have something to look forward to, now that's the goal. So I'm like, okay, I can't wait to swim. Okay, now, now I'm swimming again. Now I can't wait to have this time. Now I can't wait to, you know, be great, like, you know, be, be just faster. And I can't wait to have this. Now this is, it's the goal that I'm looking forward to every day. Now something I look for, like, you know, that I'm, that makes me happy every day. And now I'm toning in onto this goal and something I'm looking forward to. Now I'm focusing on it all the time. Now I'm like really trying to accomplish it. And that's like something that really kind of helps me and to hope in a way. So whenever I got, when I got diagnosed again, I'm like, okay, now I can't wait to be done. I can't wait to be here at the end of the year. I can't wait to, you know, go back to my normal life. I can't wait to swim. I can't wait to go to college. I can't wait to do these things. And I'm focusing on these goals and I'm toning in onto it all the time. And it just helped me so much kind of cope in a way. And against the odds, you did it. You beat cancer twice. What was it yeah. like to know you were cancer-free again? It was such a relief. Like, cause like the whole time during treatment, there was no like guarantee if it was going to work. So during the, once I hit after the three three month mark, I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I did it. Like we're here. Like we're still fine. Like hopefully I can make it for the rest of my life. Like hopefully like the stream works and hopefully there was any problems. So once I beat it the first, the the second time after that treatment, I'm like, wow, like we're here. And it didn't really hit me until recently that I kind of like, because for me, like cancer was just always this huge part of my life, like from 15 to now, almost kind of just going to treatment and going into the hospital and just for me, it was just my normal life. So until recently, like earlier this year, it really like, oh my gosh, like I beat cancer twice. And it's just such like this huge thing that I can't even wrap my head around because it's it's crazy. Like, you know, they told me I had three months left. They told me I had a 10% chance. I had stage two and stage four and I beat it. And it's just so insane for me to think about. And just, I still can't really wrap my head around it today. Like back then, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm finally done. <laughs> I can finally go back to going to college and going to school and being having a normal life. But now I'm like, oh my God, I did that. And I'm so proud of myself for doing that. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> so this this podcast at its core is a sports-based podcast. And we talk to a lot of people who are athletes and have been through different things. But, mm-hmm. you know, they all have achievements and they all have accomplishments. And every athlete does. But beating cancer not once, but twice, that feels like an achievement that you could get 10 gold medals and never feel that same kind of weight off your shoulders <laughs> and same kind of satisfaction. And as someone who is an athlete, where where do you kind of rank that, I guess, amongst those potential achievements in life? Definitely, definitely at the top of the list. I feel like there's nothing else that can really top it at this point. <laughs> well, it kind of ties me to my next question too, though, that you've consistently mentioned swimming and athletics as kind of almost like your vice. Was that mm-hmm. the role that it kind of played throughout your treatment, throughout your battles, that swimming and athletics kind of were able to be your outlet to relieve stress and relieve that anxiety? Totally, yeah. So during chemo was like, that, that's the one thing I always look forward to. And then once I got diagnosed the second time, the way that treatment worked is I'd go to New York for a week and a half and come back for three weeks. So during lung cancer treatment, I would I would come back there's a, during those three weeks and I'd, I'd try and swim just to kind of like relieve my stress or kind of just get my minds off things or just to make things normal. And I would, it'd be so hard because I'd, I'd be going through treatment. My body would be so like fatigued and tired, but I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to go swim. Like, I'm not going to make any excuses towards myself. I'm going to try and make the most out of this and just try and stay in shape as much as I can. So it really helps me kind of mentally and physically trying to push through it was the biggest part. So you are a U.S. para swimmer, as you mentioned. Can you kind of elaborate on what that means, what the competitions are like, and what your future in swimming looks like? Yeah, so um, I'm a U.S. para swimmer, which means that I'm, an, I'm, so I'm, I'm a disabled athlete. So my biggest thing that I'm pushing towards here is the Paralympics in 2024. Um, the way that like the competition works is that so I'm, I'm a para swimmer. So it's S1 to S14 is the ranking for swimming. And if you have S1, you have a, like more of a disability and you have S14, you have less of a disability. So I rank at S9. So I'm, right now I'm training for the Paralympics in 2024. So I'm going to the gym, I'm swimming every day. Like I'm, I'm trying to do the most to kind of prepare for um, the next three years is the biggest thing. So I'm kind of, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, my next competition will hopefully be later this year or probably soon next year is the biggest thing. But I'm trying to do all these different things. Like I want to try biking pretty soon. I haven't done that. I want to do crossfit like i want to stay in shape as much as i can and kind of just push my body into things that i never thought i could and just try and find different ways to kind of you know accomplish the things that i want to do and it's it's so cool to kind of like think about so you've mentioned all these things you looked forward to when you were in chemo and when you were undergoing treatment and now you have these new goals without cancer in your 
the back of your mind right now. How is that, I guess, kind of different in your eyes that now you can kind of go forward without that kind of bogging you down, obviously, which we'll talk about in a sec. You know, you mentioned in your video as well, you're never cancer free until you're five years free. But what is it like kind of going towards that goal in 2024 without that as much playing a role? Yeah, it's it's really exciting. It gets me like kind of riled up every day. I'm like, oh my God, like this is something I'm pushing towards and this is something that I want to do. And this is something that I'm, I'm going to achieve. Like just kind of like thinking about it every day and like looking forward to it. And like now it's just this huge goal that I have in mind. That's something that I have to think about all the time. Like my background on my phone is, you know, Paris 2024, because every time I look at my phone now, I'm like, okay, this is my goal today. This is, this is what I'm doing. Like, you know, this is why I'm doing this. And this is like something I'm going to push myself doing. Like if I have, if I, I always have to see my goal somewhere in my room or in my phone. So I could always remember why I'm doing this is the biggest thing. And knowing that like cancer isn't there to kind of stop me is just really like pushes me even harder. I'm like, I'm in the water. I'm like, you know what? This hurts, but you know what? I've been through this, this, and this. So I got to push through it. <laughs> like It's just like pain is temporary. I'll be fine tomorrow is the biggest thing. So kind of knowing that and looking back at all that, that I've been through and looking what I'm looking forward to now kind of really just pushes me even more is the biggest thing. So that you just said pain is temporary and that there's that quote and it's a military quote. It's an athletics quote. Pain is temporary. Pride is forever. Is that a quote? Um, and I kind of a two part question. Is that a quote you kind of like use as a mantra? And are there other mantras that you've kind of used throughout your battles with cancer and even just athletics as a whole that you kind of tell yourself as motivation to kind of keep going and keep fighting? Yeah, so I definitely use that one a lot, especially when I'm in the water, because like um, there's this one person told me like, you know, you're going to it's going to be more painful if you don't push yourself as much as you did. Like if you kind of like regret it after practice, if you regret it after the day, like, you know, you didn't try your hardest, like, you know, having that feeling of failing is going to hurt way more than knowing that you could have pushed yourself more. So definitely pain is temporary is definitely one that really pushes me to it. And the other science, your second question, the other mantra that really pushes me is that mindset is everything. And that like that, like that's the biggest way that I've made it through cancer. You know, I, I, the biggest thing that I saw, I'm like, okay, what are the things that I can't control? And what are the things that I can't? I couldn't control cancer. I couldn't, you know, control these, the treatment and I couldn't do that. But I can, you know, what I can control is the way that I look at it. Like, you know, yes, I'm, I have lung cancer. Yes, I have lung cancer. Yes, I have one life. But you know what? I'm going to be positive. I'm going to look at the things that, you know, make me smile. And I'm going to do the things that I can do. And I'm going to push myself to do it. I'm going to find ways to motivate myself. Those are the things that I can control. Looking at it like, okay, I'm disabled. But it's for me, it's not a disability. It's just a challenge and something that I can push myself to do to kind of do things that I never thought I could. Like, I never thought that I could do swimming again. I never thought I could walk again. I never thought I could live again. But you know what? I'm going to push myself to do these things that I never thought I could do and accomplish it. And it's just so insane to think about. It's an incredible outlook and incredible perspective so just a couple more questions before we close out here obviously you've had all these battles we've talked about all these challenges and then even the athletics that we've talked about as well throughout all of this what's your support system been like and how have they handled everything and helped contribute to keeping that mindset so positive yeah my my, my family was definitely my biggest supporters since day one my my dad and my mom were definitely my biggest cheerleaders or my biggest supporters like they were always in my corner during chemo like my, my mom would be there during the day and then then for 12 hours and my dad would be there at night and they would always like take shifts and just you know they would always be there every step of the way and they always you know made me realize like early on like how 
grateful in a position I was in. Like at one time during chemo, my dad kind of like, he made me look around the hospital. I was like, what do you see? Like, well, cause I look in that room over there. Like there, there's a baby, but there's no parents raising them. And then they have, they also, he was talking to the nurses. He, that, that baby has stage three cancer. And look at that room over there. Uh, there's a 10 year old who has stage four brain cancer. And look at that room over there. And then he made me realize like early on, like, okay, there is always someone that has it worse. And there is always someone that is, will do anything to be in the situation that you are in. And that's when I realized like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for everything that I have. And that I never thought that, you know, I look at it that way. I'm like, there's, there's always someone that has it worse. So just be grateful for everything that you have. And it was just really helps me early on to kind of realize that. So my dad really kind of pushed me and just kind of had an eye opener on how I look at life. That's an incredible perspective in your father wise man and uh very just great outlook so one of my last questions here i ask everybody who comes on first is if you could be any kind of boat what kind of boat would you be and why and i know swimmer there's a lot of water in that so i'm very curious what your answer is going to be here Ooh, i would be that is a hard question I'll just be a speedboat so I can move fast and just move, you know, cut these corners really quickly. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> a good answer. Any kind of really fast boat I could be, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good answer. And my last question for you, Alex, and this is a bit of a bigger one, but I also ask everybody who comes on this. When it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? Ooh. I, the biggest thing that I want to be able to do and just kind of, just have it's just i want to be able to inspire others i like for me I, I never thought my story was going to reach that many people i never thought that i would inspire so many people so i think if i could do that or if i could make someone smile or if i could motivate someone or if i could make someone think differently or if i could make someone just look at life in a different way than today or tomorrow or whenever i, I think that is something that i really want to be able to do and i, I never thought that i'd be able to do it already like kind of start doing it now I got so many messages on people like how I inspired them or how I made them think differently. And I, I just, it's so like heartwarming to know that and just to like be able to do that for people. Like if I can make someone smile and that, that makes me smile because I know like any, anyone could be having the worst day of their lives. And if I can make them smile that day, like if I can make their day, that makes me so happy. And that makes me like, so like feel rewarded knowing that I could do that because you never know what someone else is going through. Alex, that's an incredible answer. You are an incredible human being, and I keep saying that word, but it's I, it's hard to come up with other words right now because you've left me speechless through this interview, and I'm sure you've left the listeners speechless and everybody you've made an impact on through TikTok and through social media. So I do want to give you the opportunity to roll out all those social medias and continue to inspire people and inspire these listeners. So where can all of these listeners find you and where can we all keep up with your incredible story? Yeah, um, check me out on Instagram and TikTok. Um, Alex One Leg is my name. Um, I'm going to be keeping a lot of people updated on like my training videos and just, you know, hopefully I'm going to have some inspirational stuff on there to kind of hopefully make people smile and inspire people to do more. I think they're really cool. <laughs> Alex One Leg on Instagram and TikTok is the biggest thing. 
Alex, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. There's been very few times I've done this that I've been left speechless, and this has to be one of them. Uh, I can't thank you enough, and I am so incredibly excited to see where your journey takes you, and your story is so inspiring, and I hope that this episode was able to touch some people, and I know you've touched so many already. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the great Alex Parra once again to the great Alex Parra for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a pleasure having him on and him giving us the opportunity to tell his story to the audience. I mean, it is an absolutely incredible story. I remember the first time I saw the TikTok actually and I had to watch it a couple times to really get the depth of everything he said because his story is just incredibly inspiring and I can't wait to see all the great things he does. So if you want to keep up with all the great things he's doing, follow him on all his socials as he mentioned at the end of the episode and keep up with his journey as he works towards the 2024 special Olympics. And if you want to keep up with all we're doing, you can find us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter at Ambitious with DP, and YouTube Ambitious with Dylan Price. I know there's been a bit of a layoff and inconsistent posting schedule, but we're going to try to correct that over the next couple weeks and into the uh, end of the 2021 year. I can't believe we're already saying that, but I hope you have a great week, Ambitious listeners, and we'll be back ah, probably next week. Have a good one.